Literally one of the most inspirational people I've had on this podcast. No, my that. God, that's like, extremely generous of you. I, I, like, I've, I just don't even know how to begin because I feel like nothing is going to do this justice. So I'm going to try <laughs> my hardest. You're very sweet. Hi guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm here today with Madison Utendal. Madison is the founder of Utendal Creative, a female-focused, empathetic creative agency and studio that focuses on branding, social media, and content strategy. They serve clients such as Refinery29, Milk Bar, Lemon Perfect, and so many more. She was featured in Forbes 30 Under 30 for marketing and advertising in 2021. And she's also a founding partner at the Museum of Ice Cream. That's right. The Museum of Ice Cream and the former head of so- content and social where she grew their digital presence to reach an audience of over 1 billion people in under 20 months. And I'm not done. She's also a two-time Webby winner. <laughs> You're that so is sweet. So much You're amazing. Funny. I love your energy. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time out of your of day. Course. Of, of your course. Of course. To do this. It really means a lot. Of course. So before we get started, why don't you give us a little rundown of who you are and what you do and all that jazz? Yeah, yeah, no, great question. I mean, amazing intro. I'm very flattered. Thank you. Um, who am I? What? How do I define myself? I always say that I'm a storyteller first before I say where I work and what I do. Um, I think that like in American society, we get really fixated on where we work and then we tie our identity to that place that is so true. when like we should be focusing on like who we are and what we enjoy. So I'm a storyteller first. And then secondly, uh, I am, I have two, two jobs right now, I guess you could say. I am the founder of a business called New Doll Creative as you just gave an amazing introduction. We are a design <laughs> creative studio. Um, and then I'm also serving right now as a VP of social at an agency called Known. Wow. So you obviously have a lot of things on your plate. You've done a lot and it's been amazing. And I love what you had said about storytelling. It's, I think it's also, like you said, as a society, we neglect that. We forget what we yeah. enjoy. Um, yes, and I think absolutely. that's all like personal development and personal mm-hmm. growth. So Absolutely. how were you able to really identify what you enjoy doing? Yeah, I mean, that's a great, great question. I spent a lot of time, especially, how old are you? You're 18? 17. I just 17. Oh my God, <laughs> 17. Amazing. When I was your age, um, so I'm 30 now. So when I was 17, you don't look 30. 30. Sorry, oh, thank I you. completely interrupted. Thank you. You do not look 30. <laughs> Sorry. 30, 30 is the new... 20 so 20. Like no, it really is. It yeah, really is. Yeah. and 30s really good because like you spend your you'll 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 learn this spend your 20s really figuring out who you are and then you get to your 30s and you're like oh, okay now i can like be you know what i mean now i can like do me that does sound um, nice <laughs> yeah yeah but to answer your question i spent a lot of time probably from about like 16 to say let's say like 24 mm-hmm. figuring out and trying and testing everything i could think of to figure out what I didn't want to do. <laughs> I think that you find out what you want to do after trying a bunch of things that you realize don't work for you. 
you know what I mean? Cause yeah, then, and, and I always say like, when you are exploring and, and in that, in that exploratory phase of curiosity, like, who do you want to be? What, what job do you want to have? What, what's your career? Try everything that provokes your interest because you will learn very quickly. Some things are not actually what you think they're going to be. And you're gonna be so grateful that you tried it so that you won't turn 30 and be like, man, I always wish I would have given that a shot. When I was your age, I interned at a photo studio in the equipment room thinking I wanted to be a photographer. I realized I didn't want to do that. I tried casting. I worked as an intern as a casting director. Wow. I thought I wanted to go into fashion. So I worked at Nylon Magazine as an intern. <laughs> I interned like every opportunity I got, I took an internship. I love it. And so that when I graduated from college, I was like, okay, I tried the casting and the fashion and photo. And now I realize none of those things work for me. I don't want to do any of those things. None of them. None of them. From there, I was like, okay, so what out of what, everything I tried, what do I want to do? What was fun for me? And I realized like film and TV was fun for me. That like I really enjoyed that. I realized that, you know, social media was fun for me. And so I had the confidence and the foundation of having explored a lot and then realized what worked. So explore, take this time in your life to explore. Explore. <laughs> okay, definitely done. I want to ask you a couple questions because I want to yeah. come back to that personal development perspective kind of stuff, because I think it's really important and so neglected, but also yeah. coming back into conversation now. Um, so how did the idea for the Museum of Ice Cream come to be? I know we just took a complete 180, but we're going to yeah. definitely come back to that. Yeah, so it's it's not it wasn't my idea. It was um, the idea of Mary Alice Bunn, who is the uh, uh, true creator of Museum of Ice Cream. Like that was her brainchild entirely. Um, I just joined on you know the first couple, really the first maybe month or two after she had put into the world that she wanted to do it and became head of social and a founding partner. But, it, you know, it wasn't my idea. That, that was her idea. And from, and, you know, from what I remember, it's a long time ago now, what I remember is that she wanted to create a space for people to come together around a sh shared uh, joy. Wow. I, I was listening to something else, I think this weekend it was, and they were saying how every good idea and every behind every successful woman is uh, a group chat. Oh, I love that. Do you agree with it? I do. I do. I think that like we are, you know, I mean, I always say my like one of my quotes is like um, <coughs> alone. I can do uh, alone. I can do so little together. We can do so much. Wow. And I think that is uh, it's really important to always remember that that like none of us are really self-made. Right. Yeah. Like We're all actually community made, whether it's like your parents or your teacher or your friends or sibling everyone in your life is contributing to your growth and success. Right. And while I understand the origin story of like self-made and, and I think it is a really powerful one. And I think it is true in particular for people who are immigrants and come to this country in particular and who don't literally don't know a single person. That is a true story. But for most people, if you were born here and you've been living in the same community or the same area for most of your life, you're not entirely self-made, right? You're a product of everyone who you are around. So yeah. that's how I try to see. I mean, even for my own business now, sure, I'm the like founder, it has my last name, but it is a business that is 
made by all of the women who choose to go to work every day and work with me, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. We're definitely like a product of our surroundings and you see it more and more because as you change your surroundings, as you change where you are, your pat, your patterns, your thoughts, your behaviors, everything begins to change. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to see that flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. When, as you've been working through this social aspect of things and working through this crazy thing that we call the media and the world wide mm -hmm. web. What are some of the biggest takeaways you've seen in creating a successful platform or a campaign even? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, I would say authenticity is key. And I know that's kind of, it's that's verbiage and sentences that are just kind of thrown around a lot, but it's right. so true. Like does the campaign or the mission or what you are seeking to achieve as a brand actually tie back to your core values? Okay. I don't think most brands think that way. I think no. they think in the lens of like, is this cool? Will people like this? Is this fun? But is it genuine? Because we all know that moment when you see a brand and you're just like, who's the face of that brand? They chose that person. Right. Or you see a campaign and a tagline that feels like completely disconnected. And you realize like that brand lost sight of their authenticity. They just went for the trend. So like, I'm staunchly anti-trend. If something is trendy, walk in the other direction. We don't invest in it. We don't take time. It's not a part of our campaign. So I would say that's a key takeaway. It's like authenticity is key. Always be authentic. Um, I would say know your target audience. Like, who are you selling to? And people are like, we sell to everyone. Good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. What right. product is for everyone? It doesn't exist. As much Very as people true. would like to say it exists, it doesn't exist. Maybe you could say a sunscreen, body wash, right? Like there are some products that are definitely like, there's a strong argument to be made that like it could be for everyone. But then at the same time, someone could have skin sensitivities and actually it's not for them. Not right? for them. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not for them. Like you could yeah. be allergic to vanilla, so you can't use that you body use soap, it. right? Like, yeah. So this whole idea of like, we're made for everyone, I don't believe that either. I think really be targeted and specific with your audience. You can be ex inclusive and targeted at the same time, right? Like those things can exist at once. Right. You can be mindful of representation and mm -hmm. mindful of everything from gen from sexual identity, gender identity, race. You can be mindful of all of mm -hmm. those things and mm -hmm. still have a clear audience that you're going after. Um, and I try to look at audiences more so not about like the individual, but more so about like location and age group. Yes. Yes. You know? I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's also, that's important too, because people, I feel like often mistake an audience for um, a certain person or a yes, certain, yes. like, but it doesn't have to be that. No, Can no. We, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, no, no, I, was, I completely agree with you. It doesn't have to be that at all. It, it can be much broader, right? right? It can be about a territory, right? Like your audience is you're going after, you know, millennial women who live in urban cities. Right, right. Who are facing X problem. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You mentioned authenticity, and I want to ask you if authenticity could uh, connect to vulnerability and success in certain aspects also connects to not only and an, uh, authenticity, excuse me, uh, but also vulnerability. Yeah, I think I think that 
vulnerability <laughs> in order to be vulnerable and tap into your vulnerability you have to be authentically yourself and try to exist in a space of um not having shame right so mm-hmm. authenticity requires a willingness and vulnerability to show up as you are and not totally. being ashamed if it's not received by everybody right right like right. that is to me the hard i think we struggle societally to be authentic and to be genuine because of a perception right of like the vulnerable like how many of us have struggled i mean i used to struggle with with have struggled with this in my past of life of course if i if i'm vulnerable and show up as myself mm-hmm. and it's not received i there then feel bad yeah right so vulnerability yes, feels scary right 100%. but in the end like would feel, but like if I show up as myself and it is received and I chose to be vulnerable, it feels so good. Yes. Right. And so yes. like, do you want to exist in life as a person who's like afraid of being uncomfortable or not being received? Or do you want to exist in life as a person who is experiencing abundance because they're choosing to be themselves? And it's also a matter of, do you want to put yourself through that uncomfort? If you're willing, what people are just some not willing to put themselves through that and sit yeah. through that discomfort to end up feeling better. Right. I mean, it's the most important thing, right? There's no one who sat through discomfort and didn't come out on the other end feeling better. Exactly. And the discomfort can be prolonged. It's important. Like, I think we have to acknowledge, like it can take some time, but eventually yes. as long as you sit through it, you'll get there. You are beyond your years. Have you been told that before? Yeah, you're 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 an old soul. You're an old soul. I are am. you sure you're seventeen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I believe you. I'll show you the birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten that so it's much. Great. No, I it's I that's I've gotten that my whole life too. So I relate. I relate. Yeah. Um. Going back to this before we touch on more of that, because that's really what I love. When we are creating a story for consumers and when we're trying to captivate our consumers, how Mm -hmm. and what can we do to tell a powerful story? Um, That's a great question. In terms of how and what we can do, I mean, I think that again, it's, it's kind of rooting in the three principles that we just talked about, which is like, you know, am I telling an authentic story? Do I know who I'm telling this story to? And I think the third thing that we haven't touched on that like is actually perfectly falls into this question is like, why? Why am I telling this story? You know, and and if you don't know your why, then it's gonna, you're gonna kind of be wandering. Right. You know, because what's your North Star? What are you, what are you going towards? What are you trying to achieve? You know, we get brands all the time that come to us and they're like, I want to create this like new, I don't know, like CBD beverage. And I'm like, why? And if they don't know why, then like, it's just not going to work. Then it doesn't work. It makes a lot of sense though, because if you don't have direction, then where are you going? How are you going to know what you want to do, where you want to go, how you want to go about it? Yeah. Most people don't know their why though. That's interesting. How have you seen? Yeah. Most brands. How have you seen those businesses go not very well (laughs) (laughs) I mean think about the same way with people right like I'm sure you know people in this world who like really don't know who they are at all and how much they change their personality according to who they're with oh wow yeah you know or they like you know can't can't keep a job or they can't keep an internship or they can't maintain friends 
because they don't know their why, they don't know who they are. And so they're constantly going to be flip-flopping in order to fit in. But what's the value of fitting in if you're fit, not fitting in as yourself? Then you're actually not, there's, then you're never satisfied. Yeah. And then you'll never know too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you spend your whole life being a chameleon or as a brand, just trying to accommodate anyone and everyone, then exactly. You'll just never know who you are. I mean, that definitely, yes, of course it applies to a whole brand, but it definitely applies to you too, because there's so many different ways people bend and people, you know, just get walked over because they don't know also what they're worth, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that comes with maybe not completely knowing who you are. Yeah. 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 I mean, and worthiness is tied to so many things, right? Like people's, I think we all have our own journey of worthiness. Yeah. Some people have, right. some people have really challenging traumatic childhoods that prevent them from understanding their value. Sometimes they have to yeah. become adults and be on their own to figure that out for themselves right yeah. we're all very different in in our in our environments and how we were raised and what we've been had privileges to or not and so worthiness i think is something that can always be achieved but it just is not on the same timeline for everyone it really depends on where people are coming from how how have you been able to go about setting boundaries and um self-worth yeah it's a great question I, my journey to self-worth has been a product of trial and error. And what I mean by that is I spent many years of my young adult life, so around your age, probably until right after college of not valuing myself and not having any boundaries. Mm. And it had, I failed miserably at at all, all the time. I just was not, I wasn't making the friends that were up quality. I wasn't finding what I wanted to do with my life because I didn't have boundaries. I didn't have any, I didn't have any self-respect. And I think you have to experience that sometime. You experience that low in order then to to make the decision and say, you know what, I'm changing this. I'm not doing this again. I'm going to find my own worth. I am worthy. I am enough. And also learn how to classify your worth is not always to your wins. So learning how to say to yourself, I am worthy, even if I fail. I am worthy, even if I don't get into that college, I am worthy, even if I don't get that job, right? Those are things that we have to tell ourselves and learn in order to establish worth. So I started to say those things to myself. I started to change my affirmations and have my affirmations be around worthiness and feeling enough, right? Because the opposite of scarcity is not abundance. The opposite of scarcity is feeling content, is being like, I am enough as is this is enough. I, this is enough yeah but that also takes reps yeah right like a worthiness and abundance they don't just like it's not like oh it clicks you feel it no it's just a lifelong lifelong experience mm-hmm. and that's another thing too is that you the way we we think that that is so drastic and it's so black and white Mm-hmm. And it's either this or that. And we also forget, I think we're, we're in a society that's all based on instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And if we're not in a place of understanding or enjoying the journey, and I'm totally guilty of this too, you know, of course, like, we all are it, human. Right? Yeah. Like, tomorrow, but it's not going to happen like that. No. And, and it's also something that, especially your generation has to be mindful of because 
of if you think the gratification of a like i mean not you you're like beyond your years but your majority of your your age group i know because i have i have family that are your age i have people who work for me that are your age yeah there is I believe that one of the most important and valuable lessons is understand that if you think the like feels good, what's going to feel even better is being out in the world and someone complimenting you. Yeah. Right. The comment feels nice, but it's going to feel better when you're walking down the street and someone's like, girl, you look great. Yeah. You know, and you're yep. able to, and you're able to receive it because your head is not in your phone um, or to be in, in an office or to be amongst friends and someone say amazing work today. Thank yes. you for contributing. Yes. I'm grateful for your time. Yes. That feels so much better. It feels so than a like than a like. 100%, 100%. It feels so much better than a comment, but you have to be willing to put yourself out there to receive that. Yep. To receive that affirmation, to receive that compliment. And it's also, first, we should also be giving ourselves those compliments. Amen. A hundred percent. hundred percent. But also the way, the same way we put ourselves on the internet, we should put ourselves in public spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like one of, you know, I unintentionally... I unintentionally went to Amsterdam by myself when I probably was like 21. And what I mean by unintentionally, a friend of mine, she was living in London and I was living in New York and we were meeting in Amsterdam and she was on a student visa in London and the, uh, her visa was about to expire. So she, if she left London to come to meet me in Amsterdam, she would not be able to get back. And she did not check it until the morning we were supposed to be leaving. I already paid for my Airbnb and paid for my flight. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to still go. And so there's a choice we all have to make. You're faced with these moments and you're like, okay, I'm either not going to go and miss out on the opportunity because I want to have someone next to me, or I could go and have no amazing experience because I know I'm worthy of that experience even if I'm alone right you know and you take having the courage to go I went and I learned so much about myself it's an amazing thing to do to travel by yourself especially if you don't speak the language because it forces you to be super present because you can't I don't speak Dutch so I wasn't if someone's saying something to me down the street I can't be in my phone I don't know I don't understand what you're saying someone's like help watch out (laughs) I can't be in my phone. You know, right. I need, it's right. Understand you that. Understand. So I need to actually be awake and experiencing yeah. the world, you know? So what did you learn on that trip? Oh my God. I learned so much about myself. I think it was one of the most like life-changing experiences I've ever had. Um, I learned that like, I am fully capable of having an amazing time without needing anyone or anything else but myself. But, you know, like, I don't need my phone. I don't need to have, like, a group of people. Like, I had such a good time. I learned that when people find out, oh, look, we're, like, as a, as a, as a woman, I mean, I definitely understand that, like, you do have to be super careful, obviously, traveling or being anywhere by yourself. But people are also incredibly kind. Yes. You know? And when they find out you're off on your own and you're trying something new, more people are kind and receptive and and are willing to 
tell you where you should go eat and check out this exhibit and, you know, go to get a coffee here than they are being weirdos or creepers, you know, like, right, right. Like there are more kind people in the world than I think we allow ourselves to see. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. You Yeah. Yeah, And it doesn't mean I don't want your podcast listeners means that I'm like, okay, be not, you know, not everyone in the world. is. Yes, of course. Every you, everyone's got to determine what is safe for themselves. Within reason, yeah. Yes, but as a New Yorker and as a born and raised New Yorker, which you are too, you're told more so than not that like the world is a scary place and that people are assholes, right? Like that's what New York kind of teaches you when you grow up here. And then you realize like, as you get older, that's not really true. Yeah, I don't. Not really true. If you're nice to other people, they will be nice to you in return. Yes, yes. And it comes back to really just talking to people like we we don't realize how how aid that can also fuel our soul, but also it can just it can also bring more opportunity, whatever mm-hmm. that may be jobs, anything, anything mm-hmm. it can, it can mm-hmm. give you so much more of that, too. So it's not only going to fuel your soul, it'll fuel your life. It'll fuel your brain yes. account, too, sometimes. Yes, yes, so think yes, about yes. It like that. Think about it. A hundred percent. What you put out, you get in return. Yes. You know, the, the, the Deepak Chopra's, uh, his belief system on what he calls synchro destiny is not that like, oh, because you are practicing abundance, abundance flows to you. It's your willingness to see all the abundance and, and life's gift. Cause there's a gift in every moment, yeah, every yeah. moment there Very is true. a gift. If you open your psyche and your mind to being able to see these things, then life is more enjoyable because you are choosing to see the good. It's not like, oh, manifest abundance. So abundance will happen. It's no, I, I'm willing to see all the good that's around me. Yeah. And so I will continue to exist in a mindset and a space where I identify and acknowledge what that means. And that's also very fascinating because it really does just come down to the way you think and your perspective. So something could go wonderfully. You could go to a party, something that's seemingly wonderful, but you're having a terrible time. Yeah. Because it's your perspective. Totally. hundred percent. And misery loves company. You know, like you go, if you go into a party and you're in a bad mood, let me tell you, the people who will come up to you will also be the ones that are in a bad mood. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's just misery loves company. You walk into a party and you're like, Hey, what's going on? Like, I'm really going to, I'm open-minded to seeing where this night goes. Then like other people who feel that way are going to do the same. Right. Right. When it comes to, you mentioned manifestation. So what are your spiritual practices? Great question. Um, my spiritual, I meditate every day without fail. Never, ever, ever do I miss a meditation. Um, I, uh, I do Vedic meditation as well. Oh, wow. Um, I journal, I have, I do this thing called morning pages, which is a, yeah, you're familiar yeah. with it yes. from the artist way I swear by morning pages. I also have a gratitude journal. Um, it's five minute gratitude journal. So easy, so simple, but just taking the time every day to be like, these are the things I'm grateful for. This is what I'm looking forward to you know, this is an affirmation I'm willing to share with myself. Oh my God. Amazing. And then I work out. I I love, I love exercising. I love staying in shape. I love running. It's just like pure, pure, uh, joy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what are things that throughout the day you can do to kind of stay grounded? Um, I put my phone away a lot. 
my boyfriend's always joking with me because he's like, I'm not on my phone for hours. And then I'll send him like 10 texts in a row. Cause I'll, and then I'll be off of my phone again. <laughs> That's so funny. He's like, you are such a, like, you're, you're such a, like, uh, I text sporadically. So how are you able to find inspiration when you feel creatively blocked? Great. I love that. Um, one of the first things I do is I do get off of technology and I go analog. So I'll read a book, I'll go on a walk. Um, I will, yeah, I like really just try to get out into the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to just disconnect and experience life without the distraction that technology provides. Uh, Oops, can you hear me still? Yes, I can. Um, I'll go to a museum. I'll, I, I mean, I really, for me, it's going analog getting back to like the real world. Right. And like allowing my mind to wander. Um, great creativity comes out of boredom. I hear that all the time. I believe it. So technology really prevents us from experiencing boredom, but sometimes what we really need is to like be bored out of our minds to reach that new idea. Without technology, without technology, we have to be bored out of our minds without technology. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, Sure. We've all been like on like our Netflix binges and it's boring. Right. Or like Instagram or TikTok endlessly actually can get boring at a certain point. Right. Right. Like, well, what does it mean to like, there's nothing like real boredom. Like when you have no distraction is a whole, like I always think about it. Like when you're on a plane, and there's no Wi-Fi and like the televisions aren't working. Yeah, that's so true. Like so bored. You're like, I have no distractions. That's some of my best work has come on a plane when that's happened. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, even like when you take a shower or something, that's why I feel like uh-huh. I love showers because it's that time to disconnect unless you take your phone in there, which I'm totally guilty of. But <laughs> I mean, children have... I, you know, we go from, I don't know the exact number, but kids ask a sign. I mean, like really like kids, kids, right? Like 13 and under ask like thousands of more questions. Yeah. I believe even in like a day than adults, as we get older, we start to ask Definitely. less and less questions. Yeah. I think part of it is because we get afraid of what they're, we become way more self-conscious as we get older. Yeah. Kids are amazing. Cause they're like, yeah. so unaware. Oh, they're so unself-aware in a way that's like hilarious. Sometimes I'm like, how did you just walk into this wall? Like they're like, their limbs are all over the place, but where it's so inspiring. It's like, they also really believes that she can do anything. Yeah. So special. That's so special that like we all start out that way. It is. is. And I feel like it's also tapping into that childlike innocence and talking to yourself and being aware of those thoughts and not shooing them away. Because Mm -hmm. when your brain, I think what you were saying, starting to wonder, you like, no, that's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, totally. If, if you could go back and tell your 16 year old self something, what would you say to her? I would say that the journey to self-love is a long road 
but start today. I love it. I don't feel like I started my like self-love journey until I was, until I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And I really wish I had started it earlier. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it would be messages of affirmation of like, love yourself at, as best as you can allow, try to love yourself at 16, 17, mm-hmm. start early that journey. Cause it's, it's, it's lifelong, yeah. right? Yeah. There's no like end goal of self. You're not like, right. I have love self enough check. <laughs> it's ongoing. So if you can start that earlier, right. You'll be even like, you'll have a leg up. Yeah. Yeah. And self-love looks different for everybody. Too. Absolutely. There's yeah. no one way. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that also goes back to the instant gratification. You can't have that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And self, self-love can also be performative, right? Like there's, right. Just because someone is dancing in their underwear on Instagram or TikTok doesn't really mean that they love themselves. And doesn't right. you have to do that in order to achieve yeah. self-love, right. right? Like find your own version of that and stay true to what is authentic for you. Right, right, totally. What are your biggest takeaways or what are the biggest things you've learned, whether it's business-wise or, you know, one of each, what the business and personally that you've learned from being a founder? Um, every day, every single day is different. Have patience with yourself as a result. There is no consistency <laughs> in being a founder. I mean, like, you just can't, when you have people and people, humans are, you know, there's so many variables that make us human. And so with that, as a founder, you're dealing with all these different variables every single day. So you have yeah. patience with yourself, have patience with yourself and have patience with this process because it's, it's ever changing. I would say takeaways are like celebrate the little victories. Being a founder is not always about the like huge campaigns and the like, you know, large checks and the public awareness the little wins, like starting all my meetings on time and having someone say that they felt really heard in our like morning session, or like just having answered five emails in my non, my ever, you know, my forever ending inbox, small victories, like learn how to celebrate the small victories. And then the third takeaway I would say is, um, Remember that like, even though you're a founder, you are not on this journey alone. Being a founder can feel very lonely because you're like, I'm the only one in this position. There are hundreds and thousands of female founders in the world. Do some outreach, get to know them, right? Like some of my closest friends in my life right now are friends that I've made in the past couple of years since starting my own business who are also female founders. And they are incredible. Like they are truly, they'll be my best friends for life and being able to call them, lean on them, speak to them is a gift. So a found being a founder is not a solo journey, like vulnerable, reach out to other founders and ask for guidance, support. You don't always have to ask for help. Yeah. Just be like, Hey, I would love to just talk to another founder and like vent for a second. Yeah. They'll get it. Find people that you can relate to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. The five, five, five words, best advice and worst advice you've ever received. Like two seconds. Um, best and worst advice. 
best advice I've ever received. And I preach this all the time, which is like, trust the timing of your life. Love it. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Even if you can't see in this moment, universe, God, whatever it is for you, astrology, the stars, whatever it is, whatever anyone's spiritual belief is, is trust that there's a greater plan out there for you. However, that looks to you is on you, but trust the timing of your life. Best advice I've ever received. It's one that I also, the second best advice ever was given was care less. <laughs> it's so important to remember that like, unless you are actually working in an emergency room, you're most likely not doing anything that's saving people's lives. So learn how to care less and like have a good night's sleep. Okay. The worst advice I've been given is, um, marry a rich guy. <laughs> I'm the rich guy. <laughs> like, I was like, how is that advice? I'm given <laughs> that advice. Marry a rich guy so that like, if your business fails, it doesn't matter. Terrible advice. Horrific <laughs> advice to all the female identifying people out there listening. Don't listen to that advice. You heard that right. <laughs> okay, have, have your own money. Don't listen to that advice. I mean, to each their own, but for me, that was like the least helpful advice. <laughs> Be the rich man. That's yeah. the advice. That's the advice. Live, exist mentally as that rich man. That, that's that's the memo. That's what I got from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and give a shout out to anything and everything that you want to give a shout out to? I know. We I'm get- giving a shout out to you. You are incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, my socials. Yeah. Everyone can follow me in, um, at madison.utendall. Um, my, you'll have my last name in the episode. So, no. or my business. yeah, exactly. Or my business, Utendall Creative. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Instagram and LinkedIn. I have everything else. I have Twitch, TikTok and all this stuff, but I, I use it more just for my own entertainment. I, I release the pressure to have like to have a presence on every platform. Right. Right. I have every platform, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not forcing myself to have a strong presence on every platform. So whoever's listening, give yourself that grace too. <laughs> but it's a lot of work to have to have like a TikTok and a Twitter and an Insta. It's a lot of work. I, I don't do that. I didn't realize how much work it is until now. And I'm like, wow, I understand content creators and I understand how much work they actually put into it now. I'm like, wow, I bow down to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is. I mean, that's another life lesson for people listening. If you are listening and are hiring, remember that being like a social media manager and a content creator are two different jobs, not one. There you go. There you go. I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Madison, I want to thank you so, so much for coming. Guys, I don't think you understand how amazing this conversation was. Madison and I chatted for so much longer than just what you hear here. Um, I just we we had such an amazing conversation and we instantly connected. I I don't know how to explain it and I just I can't thank her enough for coming and I thank you guys so much for listening to this. Um please 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 go check out everything that Madison is doing. It's it's all just so amazing and it's all going to be linked in the show notes. So please just go click those links and support her and follow her and cheer her on in any way that you can. Um she deserves it but depending on when you guys are listening to this happy diwali if you celebrate if you don't if you just like the lights and the colors happy diwali and thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of what's on your mind and i will see you next week for another wonderful episode but thank you guys so much for listening and please 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 go check out madison's socials because she is just so amazing and literally words cannot express the love i have for her she is 
Ah, oh, she's so amazing. Just thinking about her makes me so happy. Anyway, I could go on for hours, but thank you guys again. And I will talk to you next week for another episode. Bye.